This is Radio Rahul, and you're listening to Heart in the Paint, episode one. This is Radio Rahul on Heart in the Paint, episode one. And today we have a very special guest, a close family friend of mine, Drew Holiday. What's up, you know what's going on? So, Drew, give me a little bit of background, kind of where you're from. I'm sure. I'm from California, from the Valley, Jasper, California. Um, that's where my family still lives. Went to middle school and high school. Even still, like, playing in the league, always came back home. Um, so, you know, I've been in the Valley my whole life. I went to UCLA for college and entered the draft in 2009. I drafted by Philly for the 17th pick and then... Went to was it for four years, got traded to New Orleans uh, in two thousand and like thirteen, I think. Yeah. And I've been I've been with New Orleans for five years now. So you know I'm a I'm a Cali boy for life. I've lived in a couple places. Got got my family out here with me in New Orleans. My beautiful wife and beautiful daughter. But uh, you know just, just living life, bro. So let's backtrack a little bit. Obviously. Uh, Justin is in the league. Aaron's about to be in the league. And for those who don't know, Aaron, Aaron Holiday, little brother, plays at UCLA, killed it this year, should have been Pac-12 player of the year. And then um, and then obviously Justin has had a completely different road to getting to the NBA, but now is there and you know and is doing his thing really this year he, he had a great year probably the best year of his career when you were growing up how was the sibling rivalry our rivalry was i mean i guess it's just like any other big brother little brother duo i'm pretty sure you've had the, the same rivalry with your older brother but yep where me and justin were 14 months apart he's 14 months older than me so uh, a lot of the things that we did we did together especially any type of sports or activities or whatever we did together. But, um, you know, the rivalry and whatever it was, I mean, if it was roller hockey or playing in the house, if it was cards, it, it was always trying to win. So we would end up fighting, like basketball, we always end up fighting, wrestling or whatever. But we would always still be best friends after. Uh, that never came between us. And um, I think the biggest part is, like, when we – we're on the same team or if we were travel ball or doing whatever, like he always wanted me to be successful and I always wanted him to be successful. So even though, you know what I mean? We, we, we fought a lot and we had the whole big brother, little brother thing. Um, we always wanted each other to, to succeed in what we were doing. Who really got you guys into basketball? Um, honestly, I feel like it just came to us. Uh, I, I know, so my parents, my parents grew up playing and, my dad would go to the park and play. He'd go to open gyms and play, and, and we'd watch. Like, we'd watch him play, and we'd always be around it. But uh, for the most part, like like we grew up playing soccer, we played baseball, we played football. I think basketball just kind of just kind of stuck with it. You know what I mean? It, it was I think it was the most fun, we're the most successful at it. But I probably I probably say my parents. Um, like they have stories about them playing in, in high school. Like so, my dad's from Pasadena, California. And, and Dina, they would talk about my dad and how good he was. Or my mom has, like, state trophies or city trophies uh, going to Kennedy, 
which again is in the valley. But uh, so yeah, I think it was just kind of in, in in my in our bloodline to <laughs> kind of take on basketball. Right. Okay. This one's going to be a little bit different. Who was the disciplinarian of the family? Because obviously, Miss Holiday always, at, for those right. who don't know, right. she was the dean at the school that I went to, but more so, she was my mom away from home. Whenever right. I went to school, she would report back to my mom that I was doing this or doing that or doing that. Was she the disciplinarian in the house? Um, it was a little bit of a team effort. Uh, my mom was the one, like like you said, she was always there. She always reported back. My mom is my mom is a disciplinarian when it comes to taking action right there. And if we were at school or something, and sorry, or I guess better for you, you would have time because my mom would actually call your mom. My mom would just do it. You know what I'm saying? My mom would just do it right there. Right. If my dad wasn't there, now if my dad was there or if it was something that like needed a little bit more attention she would uh she would call my my dad and i would usually like have to wait until my dad came home and we'd have that conversation or we'd have that whatever it was but uh for the most part my mom my mom is the she the she the she the queen of the house she she uh she was the one who like everybody kind of feared a cross in her past if we if we did something wrong like like uh, making her mad. So. <laughs> okay. When you and Justin play against each other, whose jersey is mom wearing? Uh, probably mine. <laughs> probably mine. I, I I think that uh, I think that I'm more of a of a mama's boy, and and Justin is is more got got my dad a little more. Uh, I know when we played in college. I think my mom might have had a jacket that had no. I think my mom had a UCLA jacket, and then my dad had a Washington uh, University of Washington shirt. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of how it went. But it's <laughs> equal love between us. It's just you know what I mean. And I think I think I got my mom's heart. Okay. With uh, Aaron heading over to the league, do you have any advice for him? Um. Really, just to embrace this. Uh, this is definitely an opportunity that a lot of people don't get to get to have. And going through the process of picking an agent and working out and just getting close to the people you're working out with, um, enjoying the time, like, because I think he's still trying to finish school, but uh, just getting a chance to, like, be a little bit more grown up where uh, you have to make, like, big boy decisions now. And again, man, this is, like, the start of, of his career or something that, like, He's wanted and, and dreamed about and worked hard for for most of his life. So, to me, I think I think that was the biggest thing uh, is, to, is to enjoy this enjoy this time. Did you have anybody that kind of mentored you uh, when you came into the league? Because who was on that team, that rookie team for you? Uh, for Philly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had Andre Iguodala. He was one of my vets. Uh, Lou Williams was one of my vets. Um, I had uh, Jody Meek at, Jody Meeks as a rookie. We're a rookie year together. Uh, I had Elton Brand as a vet, who's like the ultimate vet. He takes care of you. I mean, you do your little rookie duties. They they make you go out and uh, like late night runs if it's for food or if it's drinks, whatever it is. It could be shoot. It could be three in the morning, and uh, they you know what I mean they they ringing they calling your phone. 
calling your hotel phone to to go go pick something up for him. Uh, I had this dude Willie Green as a as a vet. He uh, every day I'd have to bring him a newspaper. <laughs> every day I'd have to bring him a newspaper. And then for breakfast, like breakfast at our practice facility, I had to bring Dunkin' Donuts. And then for shoot around at uh, shoot around right before the game, I had to get Manhattan bagels. I had to get like fifteen sausage and egg. And then uh, fifteen bacon and egg. Wow! Like it's crazy that like right nine years later I still remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like those are those are my rookie duties. Um, again, Lou Will who's killing it right now. Andre is a two-time championship champion uh, with the Warriors and and uh, Finals MVP. I mean, man, I had some I had some pretty good bets. Elton Brand, I mean, he played for the Clippers. He was a Duke. Again, just a, a ultimate bet. Uh, I, I had some cool guys that I that I played with. I had my man Evan Turner. That's like that's mm-hmm. my brother, right there. Him and Jordan Meek. So um, yeah, man, Philly. I had some I had some good some good people to play with and and actually grow with in my career. Right. I remember one time. Uh, I think it was in D.C. I met up with you in the hotel. I remember seeing Spencer Hawes with the biggest pair of man UGG boots I've ever yeah. seen in my life. They must have been size yeah. twenty. At that time, you you probably would have sworn he was sponsored by Uggs. He wore them things every day. <laughs> every day. Yeah, like size 20, like probably like size 17, 18 Uggs, which like had to be custom made. They big have to. seven foot. Yeah, big seven foot white boy wearing, wearing Uggs. But she kind of started the trend because after that, I ended up getting down. Let's just talk about Philly a little bit. So obviously, Philly's where you got your start. And Philly's where you had your first, you know, your all-star season and kind of your mm-hmm. breakout years. And, and you had that squad that you just talked about that you guys hit the playoffs and you guys made it to the second round. And, you know, there was a lot of positive steam. How did you feel kind of when everybody started getting, you know, I know that Andre's been really vocal before saying that breaking up mm-hmm. that core and, and, you know, that young core did a lot more harm than it did good at a certain point. Um, right. You know, do you ever just sit back and think, "Damn, I wish that that team could have kept going"? Um, I guess I don't wish it because what is wishing going to do for me? Um, I, I mean, there are times where like I reminisce, or if somebody brings it up and we'll talk about it, and you can always think like, "Man, what what would have could have happened?" Or if I if if I go to Portland and I'm and I'm over Evans House or. So if I'm Golden State and I'm I'm with uh, Andre, it's like for some reason it always comes up like man, we really could have done some damage. But I think it is what it is, man. Like I do think that we really could have been a problem and and hopefully made some noise. Which I mean, we did. We we took Boston, who I think made it to the conference finals that year against Miami with, with LeBron and all them. Uh, we took them to seven games, and Rondo had. Rondo hit two threes, and I talk to him now since he's my teammate. I talk to him now about it. Like, dude, you hit two threes for us to lose. But like, it's like who would have thought Rondo would have hit two threes for us to lose the game? Like, we, like, we were, we were right there with him. But man, it was like, man, playoffs. That atmosphere was like the time of my life, man. It was, it was awesome. The, the experience was so fun. This year, you guys are headed towards the playoffs. It looks like, and the West is just. Crazy. How would you describe the West, honestly? Wild, wild West, man. It's unpredictable. It's fun as hell. I, I don't think people really realize how close in talent everybody is on the side. And from teams like Houston, they have James Harden and Chris Paul, 
Trevor Reza, uh, Capella, Ryan Anderson. I mean, like, Joe Johnson to Utah, who has Ricky Rubio, uh, who, in my opinion, should probably get Ricky of the Year, Donovan Mitchell, Gobert. Now they got uh, Jay Crowder. It's like from from 1 to 8. Matter of fact, 1 to 10. You still have Denver and the Clippers right there. Like, the talent is, is really competitive, and that's why we play the game. Like, we don't want any easy games. We don't want any pushover games. Uh, we want everything to be uh, exciting and, and and really show what you're made of, especially when it comes down to the last five minutes of the game or uh, a seven-game series, see what you're made of. Who's the guy that, that you do not want to face in the playoffs? Or is there a team? Is it a guy? I mean... Uh, no, nah, there's no guy. No, nah, I... I I enjoy playing against the best. I enjoy going up against Damian and Russell and and, and Paul, uh, Paul George and, and all those guys, James. Um, as a team, and we've talked about it, I, I think that we weren't afraid to play anybody. We did want home court, though. That was kind of right. our, our goal to try to keep that fourth spot and uh, and have home court. But again, like, like I said, it's so competitive, man. Like, I don't think anybody's afraid that anybody's going to come down to execution, uh, preparation, and, and game plan. So, God willing, we, we make it. We, we kind of on a slump right now, but we got these next five games we got to win. I need you back up for a second because I noticed that you said Donovan Mitchell, Rookie of the Year. So, right now, that's been the biggest debate all over the NBA world is Donovan Mitchell or Ben Simmons. Obviously, Ben Simmons is is, you know, he sat out a year, so a lot of people are saying that he doesn't deserve the award because of that. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant the other day was talking and uh, on Bill Simmons' show, and he was saying that, you know, Ben Simmons is is the real deal. He should be rookie of the year, among other, other things. Like, yes, there is a difference that your job is to play basketball, so you have a whole year of just focusing on that. But sure. at the same time, I mean, what weigh in for me. Give me your thoughts. Um, I guess I say that because I played against Donovan Mitchell four times already. <laughs> uh, having 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 to guard him, I think the first time we played him, he had like forty one. Um, and I played against I played against Ben too. I played against him twice. Again, him being in the East, he is a real deal. I'm not taking anything from him. Uh, I think he does a lot for his team. Um, I do think that he like he scores, he passes, he rebounds. He's pretty much like a like I guess a baby LeBron, if you will. Uh. But do I kind of think that it's fair? Like, no offense to Blake Griffin either, because I think so. Blake was my year, mm-hmm. but he sat out his first year, and that next year he got Rookie of the Year. And I remember like John John Wall was like chilling, but it's just like all right, well, like if if Blake didn't have that year, or Blake would have played the the year before, John would have had Rookie of the Year. Which again, I. I I guess I can't really say that Ben's not a rookie. He didn't play a, a single game his technical rookie year. But, um, again, I think in my opinion, I, I played against Donovan uh, a lot more. So uh, not taking anything away from, from Ben, but Donovan uh, is, is, is my go-to guy for rookie of the year. Right. So let's finish out kind of the NBA awards since we're on the topic. MVP? Mm-hmm. Uh, Man. <laughs> it was tough. At first, I thought it was James. Right. I mean, he's number one in the East. They've lost like 15 games. 
maybe. Well, just something like that. Uh, and he's been he's been killing, and he's been close for like the last what two years? Three I think years? three, yeah. Yeah, and but then you got like literally LeBron James is carrying his team, and he's like, what is he? 33? 30, 33? He's been playing 32? longer than I can even remember, considering you know I was what right. eight when he two thousand three. Right. I was eight when he got drafted. Right, and this fool is. Putting the whole team on his back, doing everything, averaging 40 minutes, like taking care of his body, playing every night, right? every night. But, and again, I I'm, I think I'm one of the top guys in the league that average minutes, especially in the first right. half of the, of the season. So I, I know how gruesome or grueling that could be on your body. But he is really, he, he, he's doing it. Uh, but again, I'm, I might have to go with James just because I know how the West is. It's so competitive. Uh, I'm with you on that. I, that's my pick right now, too. Defensive yeah. player of the year. Besides me? Besides you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you had to construct an all-defensive first team, let's say. It had to be me, Paul George. You got to go go bear and big, right? I would say I would, I would say go bear. I'm, man, I might have to go with Anthony, bro. Yeah. Anthony Davis has been like he's been killing ever since the Marcus left. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess between between them two, um, or you shoot, put both of them in there. I but, think I think I'd put KD. I think I'd put you, PG, KD, Anthony, and Gobert. I think that that's my five. Yeah, KD has been killing too. Yeah. Uh, which I think he he kind of showed a different side of uh. Like a, a different skill of his, which is defense, locking up, switching on, and guards, big, whatever it is. Right, and just the rim protection, that's something that, you know, we haven't seen. It's almost like going back to uh, when he was at Texas, and, and for some time he was he kind of looked like he would be that, you know, rim protector, and then he never really had to play that until he came to Golden State, and, you know, and, and now he's turned into that. It's, it's pretty crazy to watch a guy as talented as him to continue to develop. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I am sleeping on Steven Adams, though, mm-hmm. from OKC. He's, uh, he's a tough big to go against. He got sure you guys on a couple dunks. Yeah, he's, uh, he's good. <laughs> he's real good. So. Um, as far as kind of the team, like right now you're playing the best basketball, in my opinion, that I've seen you play. And and this is coming from a guy who's literally seen you play since yeah. middle school. Like, <laughs> and I mean, so where where is that coming from? Where's that inspiration coming from? You know, man, honestly, it's just the ability to play, like to to be able to go out there every day. Um, like God has really blessed me with the talent to play basketball, and I think going through my family issues that I went through, knowing how life can be so short and so precious man it's like why not why not take this opportunity to just give it give it all and I feel like every time I play I go hard but I think I do have a different appreciation for basketball playing uh the platform that I have um providing for my family um and and really just for the people up up and coming somebody like my little brother who has seen us go through it or like our rookie Frank Jackson, who's hurt, and I've been through. I've been through that. I've been hurt 
multiple times and, and mentally how that can weigh on you. So uh, I think just appreciation for basketball, man. I, I love the sport. You would know I, I'm playing against you. Yeah, you see me. You see me play mm-hmm. uh, for more than half my life, man. It's just mm-hmm. it's for the love of the game, you know. Let's get into Lauren. Let's get into JT a little bit. Lauren is is Drew's wife, and JT is my you know my niece. Yes, sir. Talk a little bit about what happened. For sure. Uh, so I guess a little backstory. My wife. My wife is a uh, two-time Olympian the national team uh, national soccer team um she's won gold in the world cup in 2015 and silver in the world cup in 2011 i believe uh she's held records at ucla for for scoring she she played forward at ucla soccer that's where you guys met right yeah yeah we met at ucla um i'm not really the athlete in my family my my wife is so um to kind of go through Something like that, where like one of the healthiest people I know uh, was diagnosed with a brain tumor five months into her pregnancy, into our pregnancy. With a, uh, it was a, it was for sure a shock. Uh, it was it was heart dropping, and we didn't really know how how it would go. But my wife and my daughter are are now healthy. Um, my wife went into surgery, so my wife first had her had a baby um early about five five and a half weeks and then um she had surgery a month after that and everything went smooth and easy but going through it though i think the unknown and not being able to control the situation uh really pulled me more like to my faith which is in jesus christ just because like i like i i i'm not good enough to take out the brain tumor. I'm not good enough to make sure that my daughter's okay. I'm not good enough to make sure that like, even after the brain tumor, everything is straight with my, with my wife. But, uh, so I took a leave of absence from the team for, I think two and a half months. Um, while I, I, uh, handled the business with my family, but, and it was during my contract year. Um, I, I think that, that really showed me that my family or hopefully it showed other people that like my family is the most important thing to me that, uh, that even though I love basketball, I will give up basketball for my family. And, um, again, like life is short and to stick with the people that you love and people that you love, they make you mad. So what? (laughs) Right. Like, they're always going to be there for you through thick or thin or whatever it is, all the good, all the bad. Um, they're going to be right there for you. But my wife is the strongest person that I know. She, like, she is now, I mean, she works out. She takes care of me and, and my daughter, um, whose name is Drew. She was named after me. Uh, By the way, who is like, how did you name your daughter yeah. Drew with a J, too? Uh, <laughs> well, my name is Drew with a J. There was, like, this whole thing with our family. Uh, Mulder's brother's name is Justin. I'm Drew. And I have five cousins. Jessica, mm-hmm. Jenna, Jay, Jalen, James, and all of our all of the kids in my family are supposed to be named the Jays, but my mom messed that up <laughs> and named my little sister Lauren. Yeah, so that's how Drew came about. But my middle name is Randall, so my name is Drew Randall. I'm named after my my middle name is named after my uncle. Uh, my mom wanted to name me Drew Tyler, 
I think my mom told my wife that one day and was like, man, that's actually a cute name. <laughs> and if you know my wife, my wife is like a tomboy. Like, mm-hmm. she likes boy names. She likes, like, uh, gender neutral names, like Ryan or Blake or Jordan. Uh, so, Drew, I always, I always wanted to name my daughter Drew. I never wanted to name my son Drew. I never wanted a junior. Uh, I wanted, I wanted my daughter to be named Drew, and she was cool with that. And, uh, I think after the story my mom told her about, uh, like me almost being named Drew Tyler, she agreed <laughs> to name to name her Drew Tyler. So, little JT, yeah, we call her JT. Do you ever just sit there and just? Yeah, no, right? It's like, bruh, all the time. This morning, so this morning she wakes up at uh, she wakes up at like two o'clock, and she's crying for her mama or whatever. So I go up there naturally because I'm still up. <laughs> I, I had a game. I had a game last night. We lost. I wasn't happy. I'm still up at two o'clock. So mm-hmm. I, I go up there, and she's like, "Daddy, Daddy Rocky." So that means that like she wants to rock in the rocking chair. So she goes, "Daddy Rocky," and like falls asleep on my chest. Man, it's like <laughs> it just makes you know, and you just sit there and start to think like, like how the heck did I like I made this like. I made this and she like she loves me but as much as she loves me like I I know that I like I love her a million times more like I never knew that you can love something like like that and I always thought that I was going to have a son first just because like you already know like my family has three boys mm-hmm. the first two were boys and you had two boys like off top mm-hmm. like bam I thought I was having a boy first but I'm so glad that I had a girl like I love his little girl so much. It's 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 crazy. Who's the tough parent between you two? Uh, that's funny. That's a that's a good question. <laughs> I think we're about I, I think we're about even. Um, I think that when Lauren gets with JT, uh, she doesn't listen well to her. Like she doesn't respond to her. She thinks it's funny, mm-hmm. and I know that that bugs Lauren, but. Maybe it's just because of my voice, and uh, she kind of. I think JT knows that, like, I'm kind of the, like, the dad of the house. Uh, if my voice gets a certain tone, she knows that I'm not playing, so then she'll, <clears throat> she'll tighten up. But yeah, like her mom will like, like JT no, and then like she'll start, she'll start laughing, or JT don't get on the, don't climb on the table, and she'll just look at her and climb on the table. Where me, I'm like, I'm like, JT, no. And then she'll like, look at me and then she'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously with Boogie getting hurt, that changed your season because you guys seem to be figuring it out right at that point. So going into the playoffs, do you guys feel like you're a little bit handicapped? I don't think we look at it that way. Uh, I think that we, we kind of look at it like this is an opportunity for us to um, kind of shock people. You know what I'm saying? I think that a lot of people counted it out once the markets went down, which he is a big, like, like the second biggest part of our team. He's, like, top two, obviously, Anthony and DeMarcus. <clears throat> but with him going out, especially with the Groover just saying that we just, he got hurt the night we beat Houston, which is, like, a big game for us. And for us more than, like, like mentally for us, um, it was – it, it it was a it was a downer, but I wouldn't say that we feel handicapped. I, I know that uh, we still have a lot of talent on our team, and 
a lot of the guys have um, built a lot of confidence in how we've been playing, and we went on a 10-game uh, win streak, and we did a lot of good things. But uh, we also know that playoffs, in the playoffs, you need talent to win. It, it's not it's not so much like the Final Four where, or uh, uh, the NCAA where, like, it's just one game. Like, you, you have a seven-game series, and sometimes talent can take over that game. So uh, we miss him. We miss him a lot. And we wish that he was with us and that he recovers quick and he re-signs with us next year. But, uh, I mean, going into playoffs, we don't really think like that. We we kind of have to look ahead and push forward. Right. What do you what do you think you guys need to be able to do to keep up with uh, you know the Golden States and at uh, Houston's the way that the West is you have no idea who you're going to be facing but we know that the one and two seeds are going to be Houston and then Golden State so what what needs to be done for you guys and and for any team really to be able to dethrone one and two I think it's going to be mental toughness uh, I'm not exactly sure it's going to be talent but mental toughness and sticking to the game plan, having a good game plan. We know that Houston and especially Golden State have the experience. Obviously, Golden State going through the championship or being in, in the championship the last what, three years. And obviously, Houston being in the playoffs for the last whatever years. But uh, I, I do think that like a team like mine, where we have Rajon Rondo, who's been a champion, who's had the experience. I've been in the playoffs and I've had the experience. Um, Anthony's only made one playoff, but the talent level that he's been playing out, playing out right now, like he has, um, like that gift that nobody else has. And even Ian Clark, who, again, he, he just won a ring last year. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I think that we have experience and, and we have mental toughness. I think, uh, God willing, we make the playoffs. We definitely have to stick to our game plan and, and play it out and, and see what happens. Who do you think is the biggest threat coming out of the East? Man, uh, how was Joel Embiid? I know he had an over-the-bone fracture. Is he is he coming back, do you know? Yeah, he'll be – well, they said that he'll miss one or two games. Uh, okay. Latest I, I, heard I actually – okay, I, I like Philly, but uh, Toronto I feel like is in a pretty good groove right now, the way they're playing. Um, Cleveland – I think they're still kind of struggling, and hopefully they can find it before. But uh, Toronto, I think, is they're they're doing okay. Even though like previous years, I think they've made it far with like conference finals or something like that. But they're uh, they're pretty good, bro. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that uh, Toronto right now they they might have the coach of the year. You know, Dwayne Casey. He's a hell of a he's coach. Been, nah, man. He's been, yeah, he's been great. He's been great. Um, you were talking about re-signing Boogie uh, mm-hmm. this offseason. I already know that you've been lobbying to try and get him back and back and back. Oh, I was in his ear as soon as I signed. No, seriously, like he didn't there cuss me out to resign. So right after I, I resigned, it, I gave us like the same the same thing back then. Like, all right, bro, I did my job. Like it's, it's your turn. It's your turn to do your part. So. Um, it's an ongoing process. Obviously, seeing how it's feeling, um, I still wanted to take the opportunity to uh, shop around and everything and do what's best for him. But 
I know what's best for him is to be with us. So right, you never really took that much time to uh, to go, you know, see your options, this and that. You were you were pretty focused uh, on re-signing with the Pels. Was there anything, you know, kind of behind the scenes that was going on, or, or what what got you to um, re-sign? I think a lot of it was the city of New Orleans. Uh, I, I have a lot of family friends here, or a lot of friends period, who, who are like family to me now. Um, I, I love the city of New Orleans. Uh, also, teammates like we had Demarcus and Anthony. I knew I knew they were signing uh, Rajon. Uh, obviously, Solomon coming back. Um, I thought we had a. I thought they had a pretty good roster, uh, especially especially uh, going against other teams that wanted me. Which again, like I could have gone places that would have paid me more, but maybe the roster wasn't as good. Um, similar like Brooklyn or something like that. Uh, Dallas was an option for me, which I I did like Dallas. I was seeing Mark Cuban, great guy in the organization. Um, and even thinking about uh, Houston was in there for a little bit before they got CP. And then um, San Antonio, which, again, we know San Antonio is a, a great organization, has a great coach, have a, uh, a lot of good players, but uh, I do think that like uh, the range, the 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 money range for what I was going for and for what they wanted didn't match up. So, but yeah, I, I do think it came down to roster and talent, man. Uh, I thought that we had the talent to be kind of like a, a big four, especially at Marzon. Uh I thought we were as long as we made it click and we tried to make it click early. Uh, I thought we'd be we'd be good for. For years, and obviously, it's just not, it's really hard for like one team to win in one year. But as long as we stayed together, man, I thought we thought we thought we were gonna be good, and we are good. But is Rajan a future Hall of Famer? Uh, in my opinion, yes. In my opinion, he's 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 a he's a he's a coach and a GM. He'd be very similar to to Doc Rivers. You staying away from the uh, the whole Ray Allen Rajan Rondo? Rondo, beef. I know nothing about that. I don't even ask. <laughs> I don't even ask though about that. Right. Uh, I feel like that was kind of like in the past, and right. I guess in my opinion, like if something happens like that, like you keep it between y'all, not really put it in the book. Again, if you want to put it in the book for everybody to know, and cool, but like you, you know how I am. I'm more reserved and keep kind of that personal stuff to myself. So right. All right, let's get into some. I'm gonna call these layups. All right. They're just quick answers, all right? You got to give me an answer without thinking. Chocolate ice cream right. or vanilla? Vanilla. Chocolate cake or vanilla cake? Vanilla. <laughs> Hip-hop or R&B? Ooh, R&B. Yeah? Okay. R&B singer or R&B group? Oh, my gosh. Okay, give me your... How about this? Let's do this. Who I'm give me background on R&B singer, R&B group, just because like I wish I could be an R&B singer. I want to be the <laughs> dude with the white beater, and you rip the white beater as you're singing, and you know you glistening and whatnot. And you so know you want to be like genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usher, <laughs> Usher. I'm more of an Usher type, bro. All right. So top Usher album is it Confessions? Eight seven zero one. Is it What's you know Confessions? Confessions. Confessions. Come on, it's A701. That was his original. That's exactly what my wife says, bro. And I'm like, no, confessions. I, like, I remember, so I remember certain songs from 8701 where, like, mm-hmm. 
I was in middle, I was in middle school, and I remember like I was at the mall or doing whatever. But confessions, man, like I was, I think I was in eighth grade at Campbell Hall, and I still remember like some of the shorties I liked. Like, who's the girl that you it. cried over listening to confessions? I never cried over a girl, <laughs> <laughs> but but like. I don't know, man. It was just like it was. It was good times. Like like my little my little crushes. It was just like man, like, you know. Usher just he brings the emotions and everything. It was mm-hmm. good times, bro. Confessions, yeah, that's my album, bro. <laughs> when I grow up, you know, I'm mature. Who are you listening to pregame? Who I listen to? Yeah. Uh, right now, it's a little bit of Scissor, a little bit of Khalid. Uh, I don't know, you know, Daniel Caesar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of that R&B type. Um, man, it's just something about how, how they sing and their vocals and uh, even how they put the music together, man. It's, it it kind of calms me down. So The entire album by SZA, Control, was one of the yeah. best albums that I've heard in a long time, man. That's, yeah, that's so, a really you know I mean, her first one was Her first one was okay, but this one was like... Every single song is pretty, pretty much a, a banger. So, um, okay, who do you need more? I don't want to, I don't want to annoy anybody with it, or I don't want to piss off anybody with this question. But Barber or Chef? Barber. Barber. I got my wife for that. Yeah, I got my wife for that. <laughs> my wife can cook. She can throw down. But a, a barber? No, nah, I need them to really. I mean, get me, get me right. Okay, what about this? Barber or trainer? Now I know Mike G. Mike G, your trainer, and Mike G's coming onto the show later on, so so I don't know. Maybe there's an answer that you have to say, but barber no, or trainer? It's definitely a trainer. Uh, I can I can I can I can grind, bro. I mean, my my grimy stage, like I usually do that in the summertime, where like I don't get cut pretty much the whole summer, just because me and Mike G out there grinding, trying to get trying to get ready for the season. So I have to go with the trainer. You know what? Before we get it get like further into these layups, let's really quickly. I, I I saw an article that LeBron puts you know a crazy amount of money each year into making you know sustaining his body, and obviously it's working. Just talk a little bit about kind of that that daily grind that you know t- to maintain it. What's what's your day to day kind of look like, both in season and off season? Um, in season, I guess I start off season. Off season, we well, I wake up, have breakfast whatever it may be. Uh Lauren usually cooks like um avocado toast and and two eggs. Uh that or oatmeal, uh pretty much have. Um we'll work out ten o'clock uh with Mike G who is who is a trainer, strength coach. Um I mean stretching, uh agility, all all that good fun stuff, getting buff and strong, uh getting swole and then I'll go back, eat lunch, and then come back and I'll either play or hoop at night. So uh or in the afternoon around that time. Um but more so during the season, like today, Mike G came over today for a stretch and a flush. Uh we had a hard game yesterday, hard fought game, and we have a game in a couple of days now. But to recover uh after a game sometimes it gets tough, so to kinda expedite that process. Um we like Mike puts hands on me. Sounds, well, Mike puts hands on me every day. Um, I see him every day. Mike came over to my house today uh, instead of us going to the facility. So, because um, we had the day off, but every day has to be something. Um, uh, you have to eat healthy, just because 
I don't think people know that like that really affects how you perform and how you recover. It can make you feel sluggish. Uh, it can make you feel uh, drowsy. It can um, it can make you feel sleepy. Uh, which again, for a game like yesterday, that's not how you want to fare. And you're going up against Rusty, Melo, and Paul George. So uh, all that stuff like LeBron's been talking about putting money into his body, having a trainer, having a masseuse. Um, having a chef is all the right stuff to do if you want to have longevity in this in this uh, in this career. Which I mean, LeBron's been playing like you said for like 14 years, 15 years, and he's been averaging like he, that dude's never been hurt, like never seriously injured. So like, right? So I mean, the better you take care of your body, essentially, the more money you're gonna make because you're gonna be a better player. You know what I mean? So. That's kind of how I look at it, and uh, and that's kind of how I approach it. Right. All right, let's go back to the layups. Um, so Anthony Davis' stunt, that, that shaving the unibrow thing, did you buy it for one second? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I mean, I see him every day, but uh, he said he did it like a month and a half ago. <laughs> so he did it a month and a half ago, and uh, we just didn't notice it, which is hard for me to believe, but. Yeah, I don't believe yeah, that. I don't. I don't. Really, yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah. All right, fill in the blank. If I wasn't playing basketball, I'd be probably a coach somewhere. Um, probably coach at like a middle school team, or <clears throat> I'm not sure I'm high school ready yet. But yeah, middle school, developing kids, um, getting them back to playing the right way, getting them back to playing some defense. All right. Um. Okay. Your favorite shoe growing up? Favorite shoe growing up? Because I know that you're a sneakerhead. Ah, uh, man. Favorite shoe is probably the 11, Jordan 11. Is and mm-hmm. right now, there's still the Jordan 11. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about your favorite TV show ever, all time? Ever? Oh, that's tough, bro. <laughs> okay. Again, because like, I'm still a little kid, too. Like, right. I like I like I like Doug. I like Rugrats. I like Hey Arnold. Uh, I like all that. You know what I'm saying? But then, like now that I'm a little older, I like Game of Thrones, which is like epic. Uh, I like The Office, which I've seen about a million times. Me too. That's that's the perfect so, mindless. You know, just put it on the um, background show. And that's and that's what I do, especially on these long flights, man. Like, well, we fly all the time, so I always have something to watch. If I don't have anything else to watch, but but yeah, man, I, those are those are some of them. I remember, I remember you used to always watch Fresh Prince too. Whenever you come to our place, oh yeah, yeah, that's clutch. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, 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 that's clutch. Um, and then last question: Which player did you always idolize growing up? Honestly, growing up, it was Peanut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, like I was, a, I was a big fan of Magic Johnson. Obviously, like growing up, my parents being from LA, and like my dad being a, just a, a student of the game, loving basketball. Like I grew up watching Magic Johnson, Larry Bird go at it. I grew up uh, like with Michael Jordan and all that, and I still think he's like the best player ever. He, MJ is the goat, mm-hmm. but there was kind of like this rival between Kobe and T Mac. And I remember like everybody was going with Kobe, and I'm like. No, no, nah, I'm gonna go with T Mac. 
I lost wow. that argument. <laughs> I lost that argument. Obviously, Kobe is better. But at the time, man, I thought T-Mac was like, I thought T-Mac was that guy. But um, once Kobe started, like, busting his ass, I went with Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> man. Well, anyways, man, I want to I, I wanna say, you know, thank you for coming on to the show. This is the first episode. I want to make it, you know, I want to make you the star of the first episode because, you know, you mean so much to people. You know, when you look at basketball, you, you don't see people making the decisions that you did, putting family over everything. And, you yeah. know, and, and that's that's something that's so respectable. And, and our personal relationship aside, you know, you're just a really, really good person. And that's always that. held true. And, and you can see it with, you know, your family. You can see it with everybody that, you know, you you associate with on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, thank you for being you, Drew. Well, you family, bro. You know, you know, you know, I love you. Um, this is awesome what you're doing, man. It's it's an honor to be the first person on here. You know, it's uh it's actually kinda cool seeing you grow up and, and honestly do what you love to do. So uh you know I'll do anything for you, bro. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. That's the first episode of Hard in the Paint with Radio Rahul and our special guest Drew Holiday. Yes, sir.